Welcome back to the garage. Welcome. Well, two garages. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bob. We are joined in the loosest sense possible. We are joined over something called uh, StreamYard. I am in the Throwback Podcast Garage East. And, uh, Ooh, I like that. You know, it's very important to brand these yeah. things. So this is Throwback East, and this is a garage in its infancy. It's only recently started becoming a place where I can do a podcast. So it's nowhere near. Well, you've been putting in the work, Bob, right? You're, you're, uh, you're, you've been clearing that garage out. You're looking to turn it into so- something uh, maybe similar to what I have out here, little, where it's become its own type of room, basically. A little bit, a little bit. We, uh, we painted the walls. We got a carpet. And... Uh, Got a little, got some Wi-Fi going in here now. It's it's on its way. I mean, there's. What does it feel like to to try to you know emulate me? And even though you are older than me, to just look up to me as a paragon of you know greatness. You are a visionary in the in the realm of rented garage renovations. <laughs> You're the first man to say, you know what? Even though I'm renting, I'm going to put a lot of effort into this thing, and it was inspirational. Uh, like a suspicious amount of effort. <laughs> like, what is this guy really getting at? Yeah. Um, all right. So we are. Listen, we're going for it here. Uh, perhaps recklessly, once this COVID nineteen thing went off, Bob and I uh, got together in the garage. You know, it was still young. We were young at the time. We didn't know <laughs> that maybe that wasn't the right thing to do in in the moment. Uh, and we were listening. We, we were recorded. We were listening to the president. We thought it was a hoax. Turns out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know. Blind faith in your leaders. That's that's what it's all about. Um, uh, but now we decided going forward until this thing gets straightened out, if it gets straightened out, we are going to uh, do this remotely. And yes, we are fully aware that one of the great aspects of this show uh, and one of the things that, you know, really makes it sing, baby, is uh, Bob and I in the rented garage together, uh, which was the original conceit of the podcast was just getting together and getting a little drunk and talking about music that we like. But you know what? Things changed, Bob. Things got weird in America and the rest of the world. But you know what? We're still doing what we wanted, what we set out to do. We are away from our family, talking to one another, and, check, and check. drinking excessively. In fact, the fact that I don't have to drive home, I'm just going, st- Ooh. I'm going straight bourbon tonight, just drinking Buffalo Trace by the gallon. Because I'm just going to stumble into my house after this. I see what I see the appeal for you now. I see why you love this. All right. Well, don't make the same mistake, though, Bob, that I have made, which is you think, oh, I don't have to drive. I can get a little loose. It really does affect your podcast performance, especially if you're drinking the hard stuff. Bro, we are doing Jules pieces of you. There's no way I'm not slamming this shit down. Yeah. How did that happen? What's going on here? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, as you know. We are on patreon.com slash throwbackpod, where uh, our amazing patrons uh, keep this podcast alive and allow us to be in separate garages talking to one another. So thank you to everybody who does that. But Cheers. You know, the top tier, the top, top tier, that's really just reserved for special people, Dan, um, Bruno the Sponsor and Courtney and Wyatt. We uh, we reached out to Courtney and Wyatt, and we asked them to 
uh, run a poll. So they got to pick some albums for the rest of the Patreonies to vote on. And uh, we put it out there. And the winner of their Courtney and Wyatt special was Jules Pieces of You. The Patreonies. Unbelievable. Yeah, the Patreonies what said, was the. What? This is what we want. Unbelievable, Bob. What was the competition? Well, you know what? It's uh, funny you should ask, Dan, because, you know, the world is ending and apparently Patreon.com is also ending. It's down for maintenance right now. So I can't. Oh, my God. I can't tell you that. There was no preparation, of course. I don't know offhand. And now the site is uh, it's dead. It's dead to us. Not a good sign. Worrisome. Uh, So, yes, thank you to all the Patronis. And that is, yes, a perk of uh, the higher membership group, if that's what you want to call it. So we're going to hit Jewel. I, you know, and some people are going to they're going to arch an eyebrow when it drops into their um, podcast library. But you know what? I mean, get loose. Admit that you, you like that little van woman of the 90s <laughs> uh, in your younger years and embrace what was one of the biggest albums of the decade, uh, bar none. Yeah. Sometimes we do albums like last uh, couple of weeks ago when we did Versus, which was my favorite ever. Sometimes we do albums that are. Maybe not something we owned, but something that we could not avoid in the 90s and something that we enjoyed. And this falls under that category. So, yes, today is Jewel Day on the Throwback Podcast. And, Bob, I I think before we get into Jewel and before we get into uh, the uh, what was going on when Pieces of You dropped in the mid-90s, uh, we should touch on sad news. So we got this COVID-19 thing going on and... Coronavirus killing thousands and thousands of people. And it was obviously going to touch the entertainment world uh, just by the sheer numbers of the situation. And we had the first uh, real notable uh, person from this kind of genre of music that we talk about in the show. Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne passed away at age 52 from complications of the coronavirus. Um, this was we're taping this on a Wednesday. This, this went down, I guess, late last week. And uh, really sad, Bob. I know you, uh, I have my own kind of uh, thoughts on Fountains of Wayne and where I am at with them musically and getting to know them. But I believe that you you had gotten into them uh, far before when I did. Well, they were one of those bands that in the mid, late 90s that like, because I liked Weezer, I wanted to find bands that kind of looked like Weezer. They didn't even have to sound like Weezer. I just wanted them to look like Weezer. And Fountains of Wayne fit the bill. I remember seeing them on Alternative Nation with their first single, uh, Radiation Vibe, and just being like, I was into it. Like, I, I didn't buy the album because I was a poor 15-year-old or 16-year-old. But I remember just thinking, these guys are really cool. And I, they're one of the great misses for me musically ever because... I knew Fountains of Wayne the way most people know them. Um, Stacy's mom, a few songs on Napster back in the 99-2000 uh, heyday. Uh, but when this when this went down, and I, I went and you know read the the obituaries and the think pieces about uh, Schlesinger, who is known as kind of like a power pop genius, and you could hear it in the chorus of Radiation Vibe, like how it's instantly earworm material. And I'm going, I listen to him. This is one thing, Bob, but getting, I'm going to get on the soapbox here and say some positives about what's going on in the world right now. It's amazing how the technology kind of 
brings people together mm-hmm. in a way that never would have been if this if this uh, thing was going down even 10 years ago. Uh, the fact that everyone's connected and there's this guy on Twitter that sent out a playlist uh, on Apple Music, by the way, Bob. Yeah. Fountains of Wayne. It was titled Fountains of Wayne for people who've only heard Stacy's mom. And it's 44 songs. And um, I want to play uh, one, the first song on it. And as soon as I heard it, it's like, I can't believe I wasn't listening to these guys for 20 years. This is Sink to the Bottom. Oh, yeah. I want to sink to the bottom with you. I want to sink to the bottom with you. The ocean is big and blue. I just want to sink to the bottom with you. That's just awesome. It's so good. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, no, they were... I'm glad you brought up Napster because they were definitely a Napster band for me too because they they stuck around and they were getting... They were one of those bands that would get written up in NME or Rolling Stone and always get like four stars and have like nerdy writers talk about how great they were or how great their new album was. Right. So they were a band that like with Napster, Sink to the Bottom with You, Leave the Biker like a bunch of these songs of their first couple of albums ended up on my playlist. And it's, I mean, as fans of pop rock music, it's impossible not to like that. Yeah. And like I was saying, when I was listening to this playlist and just learning more about both those songs are off their self-titled debut album in 96 fountains of Wayne. Um, But listening to their whole catalog, Bob, this is a band from Northern Jersey that sang about suburbs life uh, in northern New Jersey and on the border of New York. There's a song uh, about going on the Tappan Zee Bridge and being stuck on traffic trying to get into the city. This is our life, Bob, Fountains, growing up. Fountains of Wayne. I'm so annoyed that I wasn't like super plugged in on this band. Wait. This is like this was supposed to be for me. Wayne. I'm, I'm glad that his music lives on, of course. You know, my mom is uh, my mom is the world record uh, holder for going taking her kids to malls. And um, oh, she loved it. It was her favorite. I grew up in a mall. Her f- one of the malls that she would drive us to was in Wayne, New Jersey. So you know, Fountains of Wayne. It's. I mean, that was my life. I was hanging out in malls. I should have been in the band, is what I'm saying. You should have been. So, Again, another miss, Bob, as you're trying to get your music career off the ground. Yeah. So I'm very happy that I. I. It's all I've been listening to really this week. I've been listening to the Strokes a lot because super pumped about that new album. Uh, and what we're hearing off that. And I'm listening to a ton of Fountains of Wayne. I don't know how I missed it as a, a kid from the suburbs, from the same area as them. And it's sad, really sad, uh, to, to see um, Adam Schlesinger die so young. Uh, but that is the good thing about music. We get to uh, uh, hear his contributions um, to the world, which were substantial. Oh, he, I mean, he wrote that thing you do. How hard is it, Bob, to stick the landing on that? The degree of difficulty... It was Tom Hanks's directorial debut, and he says to you know probably it was a bunch of songwriters. I need a song that sounds mm-hmm. like one of the best Beatles songs, and it has to be awesome because it anchors the whole We're movie. Hear it. You hear it about yeah. fifteen times. If you if you get sick of it halfway through the movie, the movie's gonna fucking suck. 
the movie should have never been made because it was like a, a one in a thousand chance that you actually hit on a song. And this dude shows up. He was probably like 25 years old and writes a song that is right up there with all the, the Beatles standards in the early 60s. Uh, that thing you do and it was uh, you know I think it made the movie really I think it's at that level how important it was to that movie it's better than every Beatles song wow do you actually believe that no you don't you know what but that's to honor his memory yes I do all right there you go Adam Schlesinger uh dead at the age of 52 rest in peace uh rest in power is what people now say Bob so let's do that what kind of people what what kind of people say that you know people out there on the streets okay they say you, should, you should not be on the streets. That's why I'm not coming over your fucking house. <laughs> As I cough <laughs> in the garage, sitting in your chair, Bob. Um, all right. So there you go. I'm glad we talked about that. And now let us now turn our attention, Bob, to, yes, Jewel Day here on the around, uh, oh, no. around the NFL podcast. Oh, no. Let's start over. Start this whole thing over. I know. I know. Jewel Day. I'm excited. Pieces of you. We love our, ourselves some Jewel Bob. I know it, it came out in, in 1995. I feel like she owned late 95 and then completely owned 96. So let's say the album came out in October 95. Well, you were right and then you were wrong and then you were almost right again. It, wow. Yep. So the album actually came out February 28th, 1995. How, okay. However, there was not a single or a hit until the following summer of '96. It was. Oh wow! It was. It languished. It languished. It was on the shelf. It was basically a dead album, and then uh, a singer-songwriter by the name of I want to say, Bob Dylan. I've never, I've never said <laughs> that. Was the, did you just have a stroke? Bob Dylan is that his name, or Bob Bob Dill. Bob Dylan. Oh, that's oh, who it was. Oh, oh, oh. He is that that senile old man that just put out the song about Great Adventure or, or something? What was it? What's that new song? Great Adventure. It's about the Kennedy assassination, and it's 17 minutes long, and it's his first ever number one single. Dan. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Bob. What is what does Bob Dylan have to do with Jewel? I have no idea of the backstory here. Uh, I only found this out recently. He uh, he plucked her out of obscurity, let her open for him, and that gave her some attention. And then people started playing her songs on the radio. How is Dylan finding any? I know this is a long time ago now, but is does Dylan? Well, he's probably in his early 60s at that point or something, or late 50s. He, he's got his ear to the ground for the singer-songwriters. Or is it because, you know, Jewel was, uh, you know, not too bad to look at it. I don't want to go down that road on you there, Bob, but Why? what was what were Dylan's intentions? Oh, how, how dare Bob Dylan want to help a young, beautiful Alaskan living in a van? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a win-win-win. Yeah, that's, that's true. So Dylan, Dylan gave her that opportunity, and now 30 million albums later... Uh, here we are. Jewel is a millionaire, seventy-seven thousand times over. Uh, this album, Bob, twelve times platinum. What was going on when it first came out, though? Well, when it first came out in February '95, uh, pop, a couple you might have heard of got married that month. Uh, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee were married, oh, and then no- yeah. and nothing noteworthy happened at the wedding or immediately <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Uh, I know that there was a VHS that was passed around amongst our friends. <laughs> yes, that we've talked about uh, many, that, many, many times. 
I believe it was their honeymoon is what the, the, the it documented. I don't recall exactly what was what went down, but yeah. No. It was it's I remember it was a nice video. No, it was nice. I kept it. I still have it. I keep it with your honeymoon video and uh, various honeymoon videos I've I've taken of our friends. <laughs> oh my god. I hire people. Um, movies that came out in February ninety five. It was a great uh, month for comedy, Dan. The Brady Bunch movie. Pretty good, re- pretty good movie. Really I, I remember good time, yeah. really loving it when it when it came out, and I believe one of the lines that I really enjoyed, uh, that you know, marker of the time is someone describes Marsha Brady as harder to get into than a Pearl Jam concert. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> still holds up today. Those are not easy tickets to get. Uh, yeah, the Jerky Boys movie came out that month. Has there been anything more forgotten than the Jerky Boys? Nobody remembers the Jerky Boys. If even the Crank Yankers are better known than the Jerky Boys, and they clearly were just, um, you know, riding in there the, the the fumes of their exhaust. I don't. Um, I never understood the appeal of the Jerky Boys. I never really had any of the albums. Did you have any of them? I did, and there were two. You know, there there were the two comedy albums that were being passed around in the early '90s were the Jerky Boys and Adam Sandler's. What the hell happened to me? Like those were the two. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I thought the Jerky Boys were hilarious. I never saw the movie though. What was their? They had the big catchphrase that they had. What was it again? Uh, don't, you're putting me on the spot. It's been 25 years. Uh, oh come on! It wasn't something like your mom, your mom, or something. Something mother related. All right, I'm so, gonna do it. I'm gonna, they had so many. I'm gonna do a Jerky Boys catchphrase. Jerky boys catchphrase. I, Let's see what comes up. I mean, it's right there. It's right there for me. Fuck. No, I don't see any. I mean, they had all the different characters, so different characters would say different things, and for some reason, I can't remember any of it. Let, uh, the first three videos that come up on YouTube: uh, Jerky boys prank car, prank call car salesman. Jerky boys prank call the gay model. I'm sure that aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Jerky boys prank call drinking problem. Yeah. Do we want to listen to a little bit of prank call the gay model? How about this? Since we're ha- since we have to do stuff in post to make this whole thing work, why don't you right now say let's listen to a bit of it, and then if it's a disaster, we'll just take it all out. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Jerky boys prank call the gay model. All right. We'll see. We'll see if, you know, works. if it works. Yeah. But I- I'll tell you either way. There's no way it held up. Well, I mean, if it's wildly insensitive, do we include it in the show or do we not put it in the show? <laughs> That's, I mean, we normally... Because yeah. we're commenting on it as um, sophisticated, modern gentlemen, so we're not, we're not condoning what I'm sure might be offensive material that feels highly dated, but it's more culturally, and that's what the show's about, Bob, like looking back and then commenting it in the present time. I feel like it's almost our responsibility to put it up if it has not aged well. Totally. We don't have to tell people we were laughing the whole way through. It's fine. <laughs> That's What fine. else was going on, Bob, in February 1995? Nothing except one other big comedy came out, Billy Madison. The one that... Classic. I mean, this is prime... We actually were just talking about it, Bob, uh, offline. Uh, the idea of maybe doing a Sandler, one of the, his two his first two albums, which... You know, for us is basically speaking of the Strokes. You know, is this it? And uh, and Room on Fire. I mean, in terms of the level yes. of importance to us in the mid '90s, 
uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore was the one-two punch in film for uh, that you know launched the Adam Sandler experience. And I think we were, I feel like we were on the ground floor with Sandler. We were like the perfect age. Oh, for we it. definitely were. Yeah, the first. I mean, maybe uh, you know what? I'm not going to get into it because maybe we actually will do a comedy album at some point. But yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. Let's uh, stick a pin in it. Uh, let's now listen to Bob. The number one, what are we talking about? The number one alternative song? This was the number one alternative song in Alaska. In, the, did you say in Alaska? And, and the rest of America. But the number oh, okay. one song in America, alternative rock song, When Pieces of You Came Out. <laughs> All right, Bob, here we go. Bourbon. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Pick you up by your pistol. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's hijack this into a live episode. <laughs> We're going to do Throwing Copper again. You people have to understand that. All right, let's listen to the great Ed Kowalczyk. Lightning crash, mother cries. I know we talked about this song, Bob, because we did Throwing Copper once and we will do it again. It is pretty... Uh, your setup is still pretty hard for me to understand, Bob. Was it the number one song in America or the number one alternative song or number one in Alaska? What was going on? Alaska doesn't have their own billboard system. It's still part of I don't know. Just just give me the information. It's the number one alternative song Okay, I guess I wouldn't have been surprised if it was just the number one song on Billboard. It was that... Huge! It's such an absurd, it's such an absurd song to be popular. It's talking about placenta spilling on the floor. What is going on, Kowalczyk? What a what a vivid picture he's. And then cut six years later, he's talking about picking you up by your muppets, bro. Well, you know what happened? All right, let's listen to the chorus. He deserve. Actually, is this one of those songs where the chorus takes a long time to get going? But he deserves. All right, here it comes. I just, if this show turned into, Bob, just doing Throwing Copper every episode, I would do it. I'd be down. Do you think? I just want to let you know that. I'm not opposed to it, honestly. And if, if we do, if, all right, if, if Common Sense went out and we were like, oh, we can't do the same episode twice, what would be the second live album that you would do for this show? The Distance Team. With no hesitation. Zero hesitation. I feel like people remember the Jerky Boys more than they remember <laughs> the Distance to Here album. And if, if you are trying to, you know, track it in it. your mind right now, it's the one that starts, The way you bathe in light. A little I want to dance with you. Come on. That'd be great. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to dance, dance with, with you. you. All right, let's get into it. Somehow, almost impossibly, Jewel decided for my album, I'm gonna, 
I, I can't self-edit. It has to be 14 songs. So let's get right into it's it. Track one. Too many. It's not an absurd amount. It's not 18 songs. It's one more than you think is acceptable. Bob Dylan should have been like, hey, cutie pie, put on some hot shorts and track this thing down to 11. Oh, wait, the guy who just released a 17-minute song about JFK is expected to show restraint? Come on. I just, I'm going to start spreading this, Bob. If you're going to say that Bono had something to do with 9-11, I'm going to say that Dylan problematic. I'm just going to start pushing the Dylan is problematic angle. (laughs) <laughs> because he because he helped Jewel. Yeah, he helped her. All right, here it is. Who will save your soul? Starting it off. People living their lives for you on TV. They say they're better than you, and he'll agree. He says, "Hold my calls from behind those cold brick walls." Says, "Come here, boy. There ain't nothing for free. Another doctor's bill, a lawyer's bill, another cute cheap thrill. You know you love him." Put him in your will, but who will save your soul when it comes to the flowers now? I'll save your souls after those lies that you told, boy. And who will save your souls if you won't save your own? There it is. Who will save your soul? I just remember her playing the guitar and singing in a bathroom. Ooh, who's problematic now? Um, I, I mean, I immediately see the video, like the second it starts. And you and I loved that video, Dan. We would talk about it quite often, Dan. Oh, we liked it quite a bit, Bob. I don't know how how do you attack this that you and I were pretty much in love with Jewel uh, for a lot of reasons. And music was not near the top of the list. I would say, I think we were, you know, fifteen, and you know this 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 van woman. I think there's something about the van angle too that, for whatever <laughs> reason, tracked for me, and I found that attractive. Oh yeah, totally. I I, I thought. Like there's this like 23 year old, uh, vaguely exotic looking woman uh, that, you know, was put together very well. And uh, she was launching this folky career and trying to get people's attention. And she was, you know, how was she bathing when she was in the van? (laughs) Is that what is that where what was going on? Is that where you went to at 15? Just right to her hygiene? Like, how does that work? I was just thinking. Yeah, from a practical standpoint, like I was just curious about like what's Jewel doing? Like, is she brushing her teeth? And now people are gonna make a, a teeth joke. But you know what? I like Jewel's teeth too. I thought that made her uh more kind of approachable or somewhat more down to earth. I'd like that they were a little janked up. Well, you know what? Bill Simmons wrote something many, many years ago when um Spider Man, the first Spider Man came out with Kirsten Dunst and Toby Maguire. And uh, this is back when he was the sports guy. Never thought he was going to be like the multi-million dollar owner of like multiple tremendous podcast networks or whatever. And uh, he did one of his mailbags and somebody asked, what's the deal with Kirsten Dunst? Like, how come guys love her? 
and Bill Simmons, the sports guy's response was, big boobs and bad teeth. The big boobs make her desirable and the bad teeth make her attainable. (gasps) And that was on ESPN (laughs) in like 2001. But um, you know what? I feel like if if we could sample Bill Simmons, who's a very respected uh, man nowadays, the same thing kind of applies for Jewel in 1996 for us. It was like, this girl's gorgeous. She's got these big boobs and the bad teeth. Maybe I got a shot. And I think you and I sometimes like to be a little off brand in terms of what who people were into. So while everyone was probably going nuts about Carmen Electra or someone of that ilk, Yasmin Bleeth, you picked the Baywatch star of the era. I, I kind of get the feeling that you and I uh, pointing to Jewel as the woman to covet. Uh, is kind of on brand for us as well. I mean, thank you for thinking that we're like, I don't, we were at all like being discriminatory at all, like, or selective in any way. Like, <laughs> Gina Lee Nolan and Shirley Manson were on the same level for me in 1990. Yeah. There was no difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, the video features Jewel singing the song interspersed with the goings on in a restroom. Me too, that, Bobby. Uh, black and white and color. It was filmed at City Hall, Los Angeles City Hall, Bob. Oh wow! And and um, and th- see, this is the type of stuff I love about Kilcher. See, a lot of people call her Jewel, but if you're really a Jewel fan, you know her full name, Jewel Kilcher. So I'll call her Kilcher. Here's what she said about the creative process for Who Will Save Your Soul. When I was about 16 years old, I took a train from Michigan to San Diego, nice, and then into Tijuana, awesome, and hitchhiked around (laughs) Mexico, unbelievable. It seemed like everybody else was looking for somebody to save them. I wrote it during that trip, but I had no idea it would ever be on a record. And now you're saying, Dan, what are you what are you doing? You're thinking about a 16 year old? No, I'm talking about when I was 16 and 15 when this album came out. That's allowed. Um, And. Oh, yeah, there, there is a song we're listening to. We're not just going to talk about Jules' body and teeth. I love this song. I always did. Like, I think it's a really cool folk song. Like, Yeah, it's it's a it's a great way to introduce uh, to introduce Jewel. So I, I'm trying to think, was it the first single? Yes, uh, yeah, it was. It was the first yeah. single. It's, it's what kind of launched her career, and it's a perfect uh, jumping-off point for what, uh, what else we're going to hear. All right, let's uh, move on to track two. And I have to say, Bob, have you ever heard this album in full? Uh, no, I have not done. <laughs> Nor have I. So we're going to be going through this um, blind. Here is the title track uh, off Pieces of You. This is Doi, Pieces of You. She's an ugly girl. Do you want to kick in her face? Oh, my God. She's an ugly You know what? She's a pretty girl. All right. 
was all ready to um, to criticize you for not giving this a chance. <laughs> but then when it got to be, she's an ugly girl, ugly girl, it, it just felt very smelly cat to me. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Good call. It's a total Phoebe song here. And you know what? It's funny you say that, Bob, because when I um, guffawed after the first line, I then thought to myself, shut the fuck up, give the song a chance. Maybe it's like a, a really you know nice confessional song about how she saw herself and the, the, wor- the caterpillar becomes the butterfly or whatever. No, it's just the Phoebe song. Yeah, it's a Phoebe song. And um, look, I know that this episode, like, it's going to be tough to get past your toxic masculinity. To really give this album uh, the the due it deserves, only one person here has been to an Indigo Girl concert. So it's like only one of us can really relate to to what Drew is saying. I mean, you you basically were dragged to that concert by your high school girlfriend. You basically in your in your desperate quest. Not basically. I was dragged to Madison Square Garden to see you. In the desperate quest to lose your virginity, you sacrificed your own masculinity to attend the Indigo Girls show. Guess what? At a probably a wide open Madison Square Garden, many seats of it. Guess what? Uh, what? Number one, worth it. Number two, uh, no, Madison Square Garden, it was probably sold out, but the men's restroom I remember being empty. <laughs> Very easy to use the uh, urinals. You dropped like a major deuce, took a newspaper out, <laughs> just got relaxed. Yeah. All right. Next up. So pieces, pieces of you. Uh, that's not a winner for us, but I imagine it's an important song to her. So I'm we sure got to keep is. that in mind. And I think one a little perspective going into the rest of this uh, album. This album was not well reviewed. Like if you look up, uh, if you go on your favorite site down Wikipedia, you'll see Entertainment Weekly gave it a C plus. The Village Voice gave it a C minus. Rolling Stone only gave it three stars. Like, this is not an album that was like a super critic darling. Cultural darling, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it ended up just being a big hit. All right, well, I mean, she's a van woman. So, I mean, what are we expecting? Are we expecting (laughs) Rubber Soul? (laughs) Wow me, do better, van woman. (laughs) All right, let's move on to track three. Little Sister. Here we go. Hey, little sister, I heard you into Mr. So-and-so. Knock, knock, knocking on his door again last night. Said you needed it bad. You know that ain't right. Cause so many times you've come to me cry, crying. Trying to stop you, said it hurt so bad. But please don't let you go back for more. My little sister is a zombie in a body with no solo role She has learned to play in a world today where nothing else matters But it matters, we gotta start feeding our souls Not our addictions or afflictions of pain to avoid the same questions we must I think it's kind of cool. This reminds me of like, uh, like Joni Mitchell, who was somebody in the 90s that Adam Duritz told us we had to like, and you and I were both like, nah. <laughs> We're not. We're not going to do that. Secret Samadhi's coming out. Live has got a big one. <laughs> yeah, there's no way 15, 16, 17-year-old boys were listening to this in their rooms. Like, but when I say that, I mean, that's very... 
that's that's a problematic thing for me to say. No, I it's, just, it's true though. It was it wasn't some. I mean, I'm sure there were, but this is right. not. It almost makes me think. And listen, it's maybe a a inherent flaw of the show that certain albums are just going to be difficult for to connect with us. I have a good friend of mine. Um, her name is Allison, and she listens to every show, and she's a fan of the Throwback Pod. But she is still quite angry with me uh, anytime the podcast comes up that when we did Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, we didn't have a woman in the garage to, to be bouncing off uh, that, you know, huge female, um, you know, that was one of the great woman rock albums of all time. Maybe it would have been good to have a Jewel fan in this in the garage here, but I don't know. I don't know one, so <laughs> I don't know about you. Have you told um, Have you told Allison that I was at an Indigo Girl concert? Like, did that not help? I think everyone knows that, Bob. I think that's pretty okay. well known across America. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're, maybe. You're um, yeah, maybe we should have had Courtney and Wyatt, the only Jewel fans I guess we know, in the garage doing this one as like a top tier <laughs> perk. That feels like a missed opportunity here. Courtney and Wyatt would have would have nailed that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you really enjoyed Little Sister, Bob. I just want I kind of liked it. No, I did kind of like it. Good. I mean, look, we're gonna we're gonna have plenty to say about the singles, but for a song that I've I liked it a lot more than Pieces of You. Really? Yeah, I did. Oh, I oh I thought you were t- uh, talking about Who Will Save Your Soul. Yeah, I mean Pieces oh. of You. I mean piece of shit. That's what we should call it. <laughs> strong i don't know all right up next is foolish games bob and i have to tell you i do remember because this song has come up on the throwback pod and we we did a bit of a deep dive talking about how the album version is different than the single version uh which was a huge hit so do we want to listen to the album version or do we want to listen to the one that was you know popularized uh in 97 we should do the single one yeah we should do the single one all right, let's let's do that then. Um, here it is, the single version of "Foolish Games" uh, by Jewel, one of her most well-known songs. Here we go. that the video has three random geishas that show up in it so fun fact uh fun fact dan the yeah. um the showrunner of lego masters worked on jules foolish game video what yeah the one that features the jewel in a white dress and jewel in a black dress staring at each other like she's looking in a mirror yeah he was like a pa on the video many years ago 
So oh I, of course God. I. What did he have to say? Well, I asked him. I Tell asked me him everything. For, I, I wanted dirt. I wanted like little dirt, and he, uh, you know, he was like a low man on the totem pole, so he didn't have any real dirt. He was like excited because the director was a very, fa- very respected director, so he loved making this like arty video with this guy, but he had no interaction with Cool at all, except he was kind of like, kind of like a punkish, like you know, twenty something. So he hated it. Like he kind of hated her. Oh, that makes like, sense. Okay. He he loved the video. He hated her for no reason at all. And then uh, many years later, ended up meeting her and working with her, and fell in love with her because she's like the nicest person in the world. Yeah, I, it's. I've heard that she's a cool chick. That that she's uh, got a sense of humor and uh, smart and everything. I I I could sense why uh, he would feel that way. I, I wish he had some dirt on the video. Nah, the video yeah. is he did not. The video is fucking ponderous, man. The video is <laughs> wild. Uh, let's listen to a little bit more because I, I do I do love this song. Damn, I did that, just watching that video and listening to these songs. I, she's a, Jules, an all timer for me. I think she's one of the great uh, the '90s. Uh, I, do I have to talk about '90s Mount Rushmore again, Bob? All right, let's go through it. You love nothing more than talking about '90s babes. '90s babes, Auga. Uh We're gonna have we're gonna have Jewel up there. I think we're gonna have um, Shirley Manson. Um. I'm missing one. Bob, help me out. Uh, no, you know what? That's a good start. We have a lot more album to go. How about we start with those two? And then over the course of the next uh, 11 songs, you uh, you fill those in. Uh, Lauren Hill was pretty great. And that, you know, <laughs> gives me a little spice, you know, mixes it up a little bit, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. No, you're not fooling any. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> uh, I'm putting Lauren Hill up there. And, and Bob, you could look at it if you want and. And squint your eyes, but that's your problem. That's no, I would not. Things. I would not. I would not squint my eyes. No, nah, you already have. You've done it. And uh, number four, I will think on number four. Okay, there we go. All right, here we go. Next up, uh, so Foolish Games. That's one of her biggest songs, and uh, probably my favorite Jewel song. That one. Yeah, that 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 one always like uh, you know that was a it's always a gut puncher for me. I for some reason that song always landed with me. Uh, with maximum efficiency in terms of uh, its intention uh, as like this heartfelt love song gets me right in the feels. No, we, we, uh, we talked about that. And I think that um, I, I like who will save your soul more. If I had to pick one of the two to listen to, I'd rather listen to who will save your soul, but I did love foolish games and I'll never forget being in a car full of 16 year old boys driving around and we all liked it. (laughs) So we were just all, just like, yeah, like feeling it in my Buick LeSabre in 1997. Yep. I yep. believe our friend Mike bought the single. I believe he did. We might have the been si- listening to the single, uh, thinking about, you know, how special Jewel was and, and what love is about as a and teenager. For, for regular listeners, yes, that is the same Mike that shaved his chest in the shower <laughs> to the Jock Jam soundtrack and in, was the biggest Sandstorm fan in the world that we mentioned during our Everybody Dance Now episode. So Also the same Mike that, as a uh, joke, wrote a filthy uh, letter to Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, filled with, you know, highly racy content uh, as a joke um, letter asking her to go to prom with him. And yes. And, of course, he never sent it because it was a joke, uh, but his mother found the letter and was waiting for him in the kitchen when he got home from school one day. <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, the first thing she said to him was, you really need a girlfriend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, one of the great mom responses of all times. Hey, you know, well, let's start near you always. Start then near I'm you tell always. I have one other great. That's not the only, even the first time that uh, our friend Mike had a situation where his mom was waiting for him in the kitchen when he got home from school. <laughs> Here is near you always. Please don't say I love you. Those words touch me much too deeply. They make my core tremble. Don't think you realize the effect you have over me. Please don't look at me like that. It just makes me want to make you near me. Kisses to follow, and please don't touch me like that. Makes every other embrace seem pale and shallow. And please don't come so close, it just makes me want to make you near me. Shell Crow, that's nice, but no. Courtney Love. That'd get wild. She's uh, she's worth talking about. Oh, you want to talk about her for Rushmore? It's just to mix dis- things up? It's worth a discussion. Now, is this pre-nose job and cleaning yourself up for Hollywood, Courtney Love? Or do you like the runny mascara and not showering and potentially killing her husband, Courtney Love? Which one are you thinking of? I'll take either. <laughs> Malibu Courtney Love is interesting and very different than yes you know live through this anyway here's a song by uh, Jewel let's listen a little more near you always in your hands it's nothing that I understand okay but when in your arms you like it. I like it's this. nice it's nice that's some easy listening that's some good old 1996 like coffee house Acoustic strumming, and you got all the big, colorful friends type couches in the coffee shop, and you got your big cup of uh, mocha, mocha yep. Joe, and uh, you know you got a stupid sweater on, and a, like kind of a stupid haircut where your hair is like, you know, the whites were really struggling in the hair department in the '90s, so a lot of the whites uh, had the floppy hair. You had like big, the the part and the big flop. like big like Matt LeBlanc flop. Like and Matt LeBlanc is a tremendously good-looking man, so even <laughs> LeBlanc looked a little goofy. Yeah. But then you take a you know a, your your average five out of ten guy in the streets, and you gave him the LeBlanc flop and a, maybe a, a, a goatee, and you're just looking at a monster, basically. Oh man, I had a LeBlanc flop and did not do me any favors. Didn't do anybody any favors. You had a LeBlanc flop. Didn't we all? Yeah, I think everybody had. I'm trying one. to remember you with a LeBlanc flop. I think everybody had a LeBlanc flop until George Clooney ER, and then everybody had the Caesar. Caesar, the, the Caesar became, came along. That became the next the big game. thing. <laughs> the bet, the bet, the biggest compliment I ever got from a girl in high school uh, was when Becky Barber told me that my haircut made me look like Keanu Reeves in Speed. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you want to talk about something that you go home, even if you didn't slow dance and didn't make out, which I almost certainly didn't. Uh, I'm going home and feeling good, Bob. <laughs> you know, we used to go home after those dances, Bob. You and I would, we would walk to the local shop right and get food like big pigs, um, uh, and then go sit on the steps of the Masonic Temple and break it down like a post game show. Yeah, always, every time. Um, that was a tradition after a lot of these dances at at, at Pearl River High School, where we're from. And um, yeah, I mean, I I, I can tell you, I didn't walk to the Masonic Temple after that dance. I floated. Yeah, and it must have hit you really hard the next day when she pulled you aside and she was like, I'm sorry, I meant to say Dennis Hopper from Speed. <laughs> and that was a real big, really knocked you down a peg. That'd be kind of cool, though, too. <laughs> Hopper was kind of a badass. He was uh, a badass. All right, Near You Always. Guess what? I'm just going to say it, and maybe I'll regret it. That's my favorite song we've heard so far. Oh, stop it. You're, I really, who are you trying, Bob, who are you trying to impress with this? Who do you think's listening? Do you think there's some, the girl that worked at TGI Fridays, uh, the the hostess that you Danielle? longed for? Danielle. Danielle. You think Danielle's listening right now? You think your wife's listening? She's not. No, my wife's definitely not listening, but Don't, maybe Danielle is. But I'm just saying, like, saying things like that, it's clear you're positioning yourself as, you know, Bob's actually, you know, Dan's being a, you know, an asshole, but Bob's actually listening to it with his female ear. It's like, okay, buddy. That's what I'm totally going for. Um, <laughs> no, li- no, that's li- fine. I, I think it's fine, too, but you're saying that's better than Who'll Save Your Soul or Foolish Games? Oh, sorry. I meant to say out of, like, between the... S- the non-singles. I should have. I should have specified. Okay, it's That's, better than pieces of you. I agree. That, <laughs> and little sister. I agree. I'm with you. Yeah, so like it that. is. It's yeah. got the bronze medal, uh, but it could be dethroned right now because Jewel got inspired in the old van one day, and Van Girl wrote a song <laughs> called "Painters." Probably some guy who was painting a house right next to the van, right, Bob? Van's parked yeah. by the sidewalk. He's not painting guys, a van. Guy, yeah, guy's painting a house. She takes out her notepad. That she probably stole from uh, Walgreens. Oh, man. And that's hot that she had to steal stuff just to survive. Oh, that is pretty hot, yeah. That is hot. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I need the basics to survive as a woman. And uh, now she's got stuff, you know, and it was dropping all here things in, in a, her little was, bag. It was all here in L.A., too, so she was stealing it from, like, the CVS oh, on La Cienega. The one that's where, awesome. The one where we saw Dennis Rodman. That's oh, that's awesome. Dennis Rodman, when we met Dennis Rodman, this was about six or seven years ago. Met, met is a very strong word. I, it was Halloween night, actually, as I recall. Could no, I think, we're, I think we're, we were at a party where people were dressed up. I think that's what Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And uh, it was not a crowded CVS, and Bob and I went in there for whatever reason, uh, probably to pick up Jimmy's, you know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> is, is Jimmy's a food that fat people eat? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a chocolate peanut butter bar, um, and uh, I remember you and I got separated, and Rodman rolls in, clearly bombed or uh, in some out of, way out of out of his mind. Some uh, very inebriated, maybe drunk, maybe more than drunk. Something else going on, and he's with these. I mean, I think he rolled in with either two or three, really kind of skanky looking white girls. Not not. Not what you would expect a, a millionaire or basketball Hall of Famer to be rolling with. Right. This wasn't like the girl Scottie Pippen was rolling with in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, these girls were fucked up. And then um, I can't remember if I said something to him. We did, or, yeah. 
I, I said, hey, Dennis, what's up or something like that. Yes. And then he made a comment like, I don't know what's, what's up with these white people talking to me or something. He made a comment about white yeah. people. I remember that. Yes, it was a very like <laughs> white guy talking to me kind of comment as mumbled, mumbled as he walked away from you. Right, exactly. And I, yeah. I, you know, and I certainly wasn't asking for an autograph or a selfie or anything. I, I thought I, I probably just said hi. Uh, but, yeah, but, uh, but he was he came into CVS to do something. Last thing he wanted was some white guy talking to him, so he was done. <laughs> I don't know why he had to get racial about it, though. I guess <laughs> is where where I'm coming from on that. Maybe what will heal us, Bob, is painters. Let's uh, let's hope so. Here we go. I do I do concede that he had a good point. Oh, I don't blame him at all. I don't fault him at all for that reaction. And I don't want to sound dismissive of the large majority of this album, but it's just so not what I'm into. I don't really like, I'm not a huge like folk music guy to start with. Um, I do like singer songwriters, but I, I, I only have a certain appetite for it. Um, and then when it's the Van girl just kind of going through her diary and strumming and there's not really song structure necessarily to some of these songs I just I mentally I just can't help but tune out very quickly just being honest it's fair that's fair and some of us are more evolved so we're able to kind of go on the, <laughs> go on the journey with her but uh, I honestly think the only reason I I am not reacting the same way is because of the fact my wife likes Joni Mitchell and we listened to her around the house. The kids listened to her when they were young. It was like good baby music, like uh, California. Baby making music. Nope, not baby making music. California uh, would put the kids to sleep like when they were babies. So I heard a lot of this style and I kind of, I like it now. Like I don't love it. It's not what I seek out myself, but this is the same kind of music to me. And it's good. fine. Like, Yeah, I and mean, this song's fine. It's six it's minutes in. 45 seconds long maybe it doesn't have to be who's to say I mean could you even imagine Bob listening to that entire song be honest <laughs> I would prefer not to there's a song uh, two two tracks of now a song called Adrian that's over seven minutes long I mean we are going to listen to that one in full I insist oh my god alright let's let's keep rolling next up is Morning Song not seven minutes long let's hear if this one has a discernible chorus <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk. I no, I know that's a very that's a very specific goal for you. Just it doesn't have a chorus. Let the world spin outside our door. You're the only one that I want to see. Courtney and Wyatt gonna be mad at me. Tell your oh, yeah, boss you're sick. Hurry, get back in. I'm getting cold. Get over here and warm my hands up, boy. It's you they love the most. Stop worrying about it, yes, the cat's 
I'm struck by, by not shocked because she was completely, you know, uh, came from obscurity. She came from a damn fan. Um, but the production level, it's very, let's say, unfussy. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, it's Jewel and a guitar and a little bit of a piano. And then you, you remember the backstory that when the first single hit, which sounds like it was, you know, the most produced song, it was track one, so they probably felt good about it and they probably poured a little bit more studio time into it, that the, the subsequent singles um, that came out, a couple of those were completely reworked uh, like Foolish Games and adding orchestra elements and really produced it up. What we're hearing now is before anybody knew Jewel was and an album that was probably made on, a, uh, on the cheap. Absolutely, yeah. And they re-released it in 1997 with those re-recorded songs because I think they had completely given up on it. It was a low-budget album. Nobody really cared about it. And they didn't think it was going to have three or four huge singles. Uh, were, that song, you, I didn't hear the chorus, by the way. I didn't. I didn't hear a chorus. I, it, this did not pass your test of a discernible chorus. Um, and we got. And we're staring down the barrel of Adrian. Seven <laughs> minutes of change. So I'm. I'm. I'm starting to get a little despondent, Bob. I got to be honest with you at this I, stage of the game. I think your favorite thing about this episode so far is the fact that this uh, this app that we're using to record has a feature where you can make little little slogans on the bottom of our video banners. Yeah. Banners, yeah. And so right now we're talking culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out um, and uh, start maybe releasing the show on video or just put some stuff on social. We won't be doing it this week, but the fact that I have banner control, Bob, that, that's 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 something to get excited about. No, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> and now I'm gonna flash one up, fly one up that you're not allowed to say because that would maybe make you criminally liable. Yep. But. Oh, yeah, no, you, you, you put this one up before. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep moving. We have to face it, Bob. Uh, it's time to face down with the enemy. His name, or her name, is Adrian. And by the way, this might be a good time to pay off those other Mike stories before we get too far away from it. Oh, yeah, so good call. We have seven minutes and three seconds. So cool. Let's, let's start All right, let's, let's, see, let's see how this song warms up. Adrian came home. Just haven't been the same round here. And people talk, and people stare. Oh, All right, this is the perfect time to, like you said, Bob, get into the other Mike story with his mother waiting for him in the kitchen. All right, so Mike goes to school, uh, you know, like the rest of us. Uh, this is a sleepy day in the middle of the year. Let's say it was March. And uh, he was on the baseball team, uh, the basketball team. I think it must have been the sp- early spring or winter. So he was on the I basketball team. I believe it was team. basketball, yeah, yeah. Yes. And Mike gets home from school. 
the, the house was set up where you go in the front door and then you go up some steps and then there's the living room to the right, the bedrooms down to the left, and then straight ahead's the kitchen. Mom's sitting in the kitchen. Just like like a movie, just like sitting in an empty <laughs> kitchen, probably like a cigarette burning. Cigarette no. burning, shadows over half her face. Yeah. That The whole thing. You could just picture it. And... Um, she says, and correct me, Bob, if I have some of this wrong, but she says, do you have something you want to tell me? Yes. So immediately, the worst thing when you're a kid, just like, because, you know, when you're like 16, you're doing shit all the time with your friends. Like, you don't know. So it's like, do you have something you want to tell me? It could be anything. And, and, right. and Mike's a good kid. So like, great guy. Like, Always he was, was. He was a, like an honor student, like good kid. Like the list would not have been that long, but like that's still just like shivers down your spine when you hear that question right and Mike completely at a loss uh, and uh, do you want to finish the story Bob <laughs> so uh, Mike's like oh no nothing got nothing <laughs> and she uh, she says I got a call from your basketball coach about what happened and Mike is just Mike stares at her like what like I what and his mom goes to tell him well, he called me to tell me that you were caught masturbating in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that, that's accurate. That's that what? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And Mike's like, what? No, what? What are you talking about? Like, and he immediately freaked out. And she did not believe him. She was like, your coach called. And, and the coach was actually uh, this guy that was in our grade that was kind of a practical joker and liked to mess with Mike sometimes. Uh, who called as the basketball coach yeah. and and uh, said this. This was There was no caller ID. There was no uh, verification system back in 1997. It was the easiest thing in the world to pull off. This guy named Berger called and uh, told Mike's mom that her son was caught masturbating in the locker room and it was very problematic. And then uh, she confronted him when he got home and she did not believe him when he was denying it. That is the roughest part of it. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine a more mortifying scenario? No, not at all. All right. I mean, Adrian, jeez. You okay? Uh, can you can you vouch for that one, Bob? No, I don't. I don't. I'm sure it's telling a great story. And maybe it's like Bohemian Rhapsody at the five minute mark. It just like switches and like the heavy electric <laughs> guitars come in. There's a choir that comes in. We'll never Adrian, know. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. Literally, we will never know because <laughs> neither of us will ever listen to that song ever again. All right. This next song is not one of her known singles, but it does ring a bell for me. Um, it's called I'm Sensitive. Which, Bob, this, this is right up your alley. This is something I could tell you would put on a mixtape in the 90s. Here it is. I'm sensitive. Little on the nose, but, like, again, just the man looking to get that V card snatched as soon as possible. Here it is. Jewel, I'm sensitive. Yes. <laughs> I love the title. I was thinking <laughs> that I might fly Imagine putting this as track one on any mixtape you made for a girl as like a subversive move to try to either wink at the girl as like saying, hey, I'm kind of funny, or as some type of evil way to trick her into thinking you're a sensitive person. I'm mad I didn't know that this song existed because I would have done that. 
All right, let's listen. I'm sensitive and I'd like to stay that way. I do remember this song. Do you really? I've never yep. I have heard this song. That it's impossible to be song to put on the throwback podcast Spotify playlist. I'm not saying that this is what I'm going to vote for, but I do like this. I do like it quite a lot. I like it a lot. You know who it reminds me of? Uh, a mid-90s songstress that I did like a lot, Liz Fair. This is a very Liz Fairy kind of song. I could hear that. Yep. Exile in uh, Guyville. Now that is uh, uh, Mount Babemore, Bob. I was going to say, I was going to segue into that. She, Liz Fair is definitely on my Mount Babemore. What a, because, terrible, what a yeah. terrible name. <laughs> I mean, if, you're, if, if you only have one shot, Bob, to chisel, chisel that Mount Babemore in stone, and you are somebody that's a little plugged in and gets um, why Liz Fair was special and what made her, speaking of um, subversive and transgressive and dangerous, when yeah. she first came out, uh, you might want to put her up there. Oh, absolutely. I think she is. She's going to be on mine. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I had exile in Guyville and uh, fucking run and uh, all of those songs where she's just singing so openly about sex. And uh, she was a total babasaurus Rex. I mean, come on. <laughs> so on your Mount Babemore, Kilcher. <laughs> Kilcher's on your Babemore, right? Yes. All right. And fair. Yes. Are you writing this down? Because you're typing yep. every time you say it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Lauren Hill, Bob? I'm considering it. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Look at you. No, she's already on mine. So I know you you're firm. just doing. You, you what? Have your four, you have your four set. You're done. Kilcher, Manson, Lauren Hill, and Gwen Stefani. Yes, that is my four. And I feel good about it. Damn, there's nothing not to like. Although I'm um, a little bit worried that I'm missing somebody. It's going to... And now that I've chiseled the stone, it's going to just destroy me. <laughs> stop it. Stop <laughs> These fucking banners. Um, uh, yeah, if we, you're just we, tuning in, we're talking Kilcher. Nobody's just on tuning the throwback in. podcast. Nobody's just tuning in an hour into a podcast. We're talking Kilcher. <laughs> Uh, let's keep going. We have a lot. Right. Of, we have a lot to go. Here we go. Uh, everybody knows this one. Good setup. I hear the clock at six a.m. I feel so far from where I have been. I got my eggs, I got my pancakes too I got my maple syrup, everything but you 
I break the yolks and make a smiley face I kinda like it in my brand new place Wipe the spots up over me Don't leave my keys in the door I never put wet towels on the floor anymore Again, a slightly different version on the LP. Yes, it's a not, little less gussied up. Right, not nearly as overt as uh, Foolish Games, but like it is a different version. And the, the video I remember was directed by Sean Penn. Weird. Who she was linked to. That was her, that, that was her bow. Penn was sniffing around the van? Oh yeah, no, that was, uh, he was famous for that. Famous for being a van sniffer. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit, um, it's like when Ethan Hawke uh, directed the Lisa Loeb video for Stay. Like, there's got to be more to that, right? Right. No, I mean, Penn here in a similar situation. They, they were, like, openly dated. Alright, well, does one of us want to look it up? I don't know. Just did. Let's did. listen to more of the song. Okay, good. Let's, uh, they get married? They still married? They got kids? Oh no, she's married to like a cowboy, right? Or maybe that doesn't yeah. work. We're talking culture. <laughs> All right, let's continue listening to You Were Meant for Me. I gotta say, it was not. It was endearing. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna take a step back. The yodeling and when she went up that register, just like nah, nah, nah. not <laughs> Good. not my favorite aspect of her as a performer. But again, it did give her a little bit. It made her unique. No one else in the game was doing the yodel thing. No, and no one has since. So I'll give her a little pop for that because it's yeah. good to be, be original. Um, and she certainly was in that in that sense. But uh, I don't need her to be doing that a lot. No, that's fair. Um... You put an Atlantis on Babemore? Because, again, if you're looking... Now, what you could do, Bob, with your Babemore, you could build it out where it could get pretty wild. If you have Fair, Liz Fair, right. uh, Live Through This era Courtney Love, uh, Dave Coulier era Alanis Morissette. <laughs> I mean, we're just talking... This is like Tomcat Alley. It's it's pretty, it's pretty wild times on uh, Mount Babemore for Castrone. Oh, I'm going to get fucking murdered with that Babemore. That's not... I don't think that's that going to be great. <laughs> Um, what if I just put like Mazzy Star on there just to be like as indie as I could be? That actually, that's a pretty good pick too. I know it is, yeah. But I, I like it's not authentic because like I didn't know her really. I like I wasn't like as aware of her back in the nineties. Does anybody know anything besides uh, Fade Into You? Does she have multiple songs? She had a couple, but that was I mean that was everything. Yeah. Did you know that you were meant for me, which was the second single taken from her debut album? Kilcher's album uh, won the award not nominated by it won best female video at the 97 MTV video music awards wow I did not know that and I will say listening to it again that feels like the most enduring song that we've listened to so far 
in in the sense that it's played it'll, you'll hear it the most on radio or whatever yeah i think it's as good in 2020 as it was then like it's just like a perfect it's kind of like that uh nora jones come away with me like it's kind of like a perfect little like adult contemporary song oh so you're saying in terms of just it, it's held up it's held up better than everything yes what's her most famous song i maybe this one it might have been this Atlantic well, Records had Jewel re-record the song for a more radio-friendly version. Initially, the first version that was released was the Juan Patino radio mix with a music video produced by Sean Penn. This version is missing the second half of the second verse. Put my coat on in the pouring rain. And it did not gather much attention. It was later canceled. With the video pulled from MTV and VH1, Jewel returned again into the studio to record the song for a third time, Bob. Wow. And the resulting version produced is known as the radio version and is featured on her greatest hits. So, I mean, it's a little bit, it's kind of a weird album that it, it caught fire and the, and the record company was like, the album that we put out originally just doesn't cut it. Uh, so maybe we they should have, yeah. maybe they learned a lesson of this that you can't just haphazardly let your obscure artist put together something that you're not thrilled with, uh, lest you end up recording it three more times. Yeah, it was like a three-year work in progress. Like, that's insane. Bizarre. And and Bob and I are musicians, so I just want to say, I feel like the song is written in the key E minor. I was going to say the key of life, Dan. Moderate swinging tempo. I'm thinking about 114 beats per minute. Wow. You're on, you're on some sort of weird website right now. Um how come nobody's reached out to us, Bob, so far about the Hammond B3 organ? You would think one of the listeners. Oh, see, I haven't been to your house. I assumed that there was just one at your doorstep one day. That hasn't well, I cleared yet. space for it. I moved the couch out of the garage, and I, that's where the Hammond B3 was going to go. It would be a really expensive uh, coaster, essentially. Uh, and yet no <laughs> listener has uh, yet reached out about making that $12,000 donation. <laughs> You're, you're ballparking how much uh, having B3 costs, right? Or did Total look- ballpark, okay, ballpark but I should feels, look it up. I think feels, I did look it up. Right. It uh, feels oh. right to me. That feels like the right amount. All right. While I look that up, here is Don't. And I'm looking, at, looking that up for you, the listener, uh, so you could handle your bank affairs. Don't. Please. Here it is. Their next track, Don't. All those sweet smiles. No, I don't. I think I think you got to go somewhere different to find an Hammond B3. heat, the peace, the pain, and all those blue skies where you Did she start yet? So sweet. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. just warming up. No, no, it's happening. It's, it's all happening. Oh, I like the Mellotron too, Bob. That's a nice little piano. B3 or bust. B3 or bust, though. You're right. You're right. Um, all right. Let's see. It looks like good condition. You can get a B3 uh, for around seven or eight grand. Wow. What a bargain. You know, during these, during these tough times where people are trying, you know, a lot of people are losing losing their jobs and, you know, money's, money's tight around the country, around the world. That doesn't excuse you from sending us a B3 organ. I'm just going to say it. Right. It doesn't, the fact that we're facing 
uh, almost unprecedented in addition to a health crisis, a financial crisis. It's a, basically a, a new Great Depression. It should not stop you from cashing out that uh, college uh, tuition fund and getting the B3 in the, gar- the rented garage. I'm just putting it out there. No, I mean, come on. Here should... is... Oh, go ahead, Bob. No, no, you're right. That's all I was going to say. You're right. <laughs> Here's Daddy. Oh, wait, we're done with Don't? I thought we were listening to Don't. I don't think I'll ever hear that song again. Okay, so we're going to Daddy? Let's do Daddy right now. Uh, Now, now here's Daddy. Sounds a lot like Don't so far. Do you, uh, you go third person with the Daddy stuff with your kids all the time, right? Like, well, Daddy's going to work. Like, you're doing Yes, always, yeah. yeah. Me too. I, I noticed it recently because because we're home all the time now. I'm yelling at my kids more than ever, and um, the daddy is just coming out constantly. Yeah. Well, daddy's going upstairs. Like I, I've lost all sense of myself. I'm not I. It's all daddy all the time. Yeah, I think one thing that that we have lost is our identity as as kind of men on our own, uh, because work used to give you that sense of you're kind of out there and you're you're an individual at the end of the day. Uh, you're couched within this family structure and that's incredibly important but you know you're still that person that came into the world 40 years ago and every day there are aspects of you where you're all alone whether you're on your way to work you're at work you're just in your thoughts you're laying down to go you know uh, to sleep at night now none of that is ever in play anymore you're around you're around your loved ones all day every day you're a part of this uh, greater ecosystem 24-7. Perhaps 365. Perhaps. Right, let's listen to a little bit more of Daddy. What if this song, because no one's ever made it this far in the album, what if this song was about COVID-19 and the 2020 crisis we're facing? Warnings about Wuhan. Like, and if you actually got to the end of the song, she's like, and the cure comes from the binary genes. It's the plasma. <laughs> Find the plasma located in India. <laughs> Nobody would so, ever know. It's like, there, dude, there did you ever time. listen to Daddy on Pieces of You? It, it totally predicted COVID-19. And she's told you where to get the cure. <laughs> and she doesn't do it live, so we'll never hear it again. All right, we're getting crazy. Now. All right, let's finish it up. We're talking Kilcher here, by the way. Um, Dan's Mount Babemore, Kilcher, Manson, Stefani Hill. Bob's Mount Babemore. Fair, Kilcher. Put Stefani on there. Stefani, that's fair. Yeah. Can't overthink it. No, you can't at all. And you have space for one more. Yeah, so here's my question, though. We're saying, like, 90s Mount Babemore. Yeah. And I, I feel like going pop is kind of like a, it's an easy out. You know, putting 98 Britney Spears on there, it doesn't feel right. Because like we're, going like we're going rock. Like Britney and Jewel should not be on the same babe more ever. Uh, yes, I think that's. But uh, is Lauren Hill by that a cheat as well? But she was around with the Fugees in the mid 90s. She was around in the mid 90s, but. Once you start opening it up to the different genres, I wonder. All right. Okay. You want me I'm to just, scrub? Ju- you. I know you've been wanting to do this the whole time. 
You want me to sc- scrub Lauren Hill? No, I don't want to scrub her at all. I'm just saying, because if you put Lauren Hill in there, then I think it does open it up to a whole other world of uh, a bigger Baymore. And how do you how do you possibly whittle that down to four? Well, I tell you, I just I, I added Shell Crow as my fourth. Really? A little bit of an upset. I would think so. You know who would be upset? My wife who hates Cheryl Crow with a passion. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like, it feels almost personal. Like, whenever Cheryl Crow comes on, she's like, turn it off. Oh, my God. I don't That's, know. Maybe they... There's got to be more to that story. All right, let's 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 get through this. Angel standing by the penultimate track off Pieces of You. Oh, hold on. I, yeah, and um, while we're in this, I feel like now's the time to tell you, Dan. I don't know. I know you. I don't know if you know that we have a throwback podcast Twitter. Are you aware of that? Mm, it's good to know. Yeah, no, it's there, and uh, yeah, people interact with us. Uh, sometimes they, they they reach out to you on there, not knowing that you don't uh, you don't acknowledge our existence, like a like like your other family that is being so neglected during this uh, coronavirus tragedy. Okay, but um, all right, fair play. Um, a lot of people have come on Twitter over the uh, past few months to say your pronunciation of Pent Ultimate infuriates them. What is it? What is the correct pronunciation? I believe you're hitting a T that should not be hit. According to them, I don't care. I'm just saying what they're saying. Pent Ultimate. I believe they, uh, they believe you should be saying Penultimate. You know what I have to say to them? Go fuck yourself. There it is. It's back. <laughs> it's back. What the hell are we listening to? This is Angel standing by. And ultimate. And ultimate. I kind of like, like this one. I like this one. All right, let's listen. I kind of stopped liking this one. I liked it for a minute, and then well, kind of went away. It kind of went away. All right, we're coming up on the last. I can't anymore, but I can't do this. No, I know you're, you've done great. All right, last track is called "Amen," and for a raging, for a raging sexist, you've done a wonderful job making it through thirteen tracks so far. I'm allowed to not like the album and and also not be painted as some type of like evil misogynist. I just nope. this is not for me, Bob. Nope. If you don't like this album, you don't like women. That's just I'm essentially Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. There's no in between. I Welcome. love women. I support women. I just do not support this album by this particular woman. Well, we're here. I'm looking at the Essentials play- playlist from Jewel. I want to play my favorite Jewel Wait, song no, after no, Pieces of Be- You. Before I let you do that, though. No, what? I'm not ready. Before you, before you do that, on 0304, I'm looking at it right now, and I don't know if you've noticed, Dan... <laughs> Track number 15 is the Intuition Todd Terry in-house mix. Todd Terry? Terry Todd? Terry Todd is back. The man responsible for making everything but the girl a household name-ish? Todd Terry mix. Good. Good for him. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, now you can play your shit. All right, here we go. This is not shit, Bob. This was a song where Jewel... Also, kind of, I was into this. She talks about her hands, and they're very small hands. 
Here we go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was way into it. All right, here we go. I think this is her like 9 11 song. I tell the world just one thing. Oh my God, really? I think so. We're all okay. And not to worry, because worry is wasteful and useless in times like these. I won't be made useless. Won't be idle with despair. I'll gather myself around my faith. Light the darkness most fear. Nice job by you, Joel. Kilcher. We're talking Kilcher on the Throwback Podcast. All right. Inexplicably, we've been talking Kilcher for over an hour now. All right. So let's, before we pick the song, Bob, for the Throwback Podcast playlist, we should put a bow on your Mount Babemore, where we're at. Well, we Liz need Fair, to. Jewel Kilcher, Gwen Stefani, and... It's it's neck and neck between uh, Shirley Manson, who of course is on your Mount Baymore. Uh huh. And a one hit wonder who I feel like deserves to be on there too, Natalie Imbruglia. Oh. So because you got Manson, give me Imbruglia. Oh man, but you can't. You're taking Imbruglia, but saying Britney's off the off the board. I mean, that's pure pop. Torn. Mm, is it though? It's not like dancing. She she wasn't dancing around. That was kind of a. She was, was dancing cool, in that song. Yeah, like '90s dancing, which is kind of like spinning around in a fucking apartment. That's not dancing. Well, in that time, it was. But all right, I'll give it to you. There you go. Baba has picked Natalie and Brulia. And I mean, it's a good pick if you can get her that that late for Rushmore or Babemore, excuse <laughs> me. All right, let's pick it, Bob. What's the song that's going on the? Uh, throwback podcast playlist before we do this let's once again thank all of our patreonies at patreon.com slash throwback pod everybody that chips in two dollars a month six dollars a month uh up to the top tier like courtney and wyatt who are responsible for the album you heard tonight so you could just uh, contact them to let them know that you want more jewel on the throwback pod i mean how so, could you not want more jewel yeah so thank you to everybody and now, yeah, let's pick a song, Dan. Uh, what are you thinking? What's, I mean, your, what's your mindset here? This is not going to be a situation for me where we're picking something that's a deep cut because unless we like I'm sensitive, which we kind of do. We kind of like it. We kind of like I'm sensitive. <laughs> if we want to, we were just talking about how it was kind of a missed opportunity through the years to throw it on a couple of mixes and uh, plant some seeds, uh, if you will. Uh, here's our last chance, really, if we want to go down that road. If not, I would say we would go with one of the big three singles. Right, right. And I don't know how I feel. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm honestly very confused with what the right thing to do right now is. Part of you wants to go, I'm sensitive, isn't it? The big part the of part, you. I don't know if I'm confident enough to go, I'm sensitive. I feel like I, I lack the confidence to really just throw that on there and feel good about it. Here's the thing. Here's the case against I'm sensitive, which is, you know, a functionally terrible song let's be honest <laughs> um if one thing that i think is great about the throwback podcast playlist is if you were 
hosting a party, you could put it on and feel good about it. If that song comes on, it's going to probably take you out of the conversation you're having at your house and be like, I hope no one's noticing this right now. Right? Yeah, probably. That's accurate. All right. So let's let's not get too cute then. But I do reserve the right if I ever <clears throat> was no longer married uh, and was back on the market. I do reserve the right to put that as track one on a mix CD as like a 47-year-old man for a woman uh, on OK Cupid. <laughs> So, so, oh my God, that's the saddest <laughs> scenario. <laughs> it's a little bit dark, yeah, a little bit. Oh, the, the second this quarantine is lifted, I'm making mixed CDs with that on and just handing it out to everybody. Just every woman you see on the street. <laughs> I haven't seen a woman in that's not my wife in weeks. I don't even know what it's like anymore. I would title the mix "I'm Sensitive" and just put it like in big black marker on the on the front cover. I would get a tattoo on my stomach that says I'm sensitive and that would be the cover of the album. Oh, that would be perfect. All right, let's we got to get the hell out of here, Bob. All right. You, I don't know. I, I don't know. You pick. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, I, I think Foolish Games is great, but a little maudlin. I think yeah, it, I, I think it, sta- it would stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, I think Who Will Save Your Soul is just so like, I don't know, coffee house. It's fine to me, but Again, does it fit in? I don't know. It's You Were Meant For Me or Who Will Save Your Soul, Coin Flip, and Bob, I want you to choose it. Fuck you. No, that's exactly where I was at. Um, yeah, let's just do You Were Meant For Me. Okay. Done with it. Okay. I feel good. It's done. It's a great song. It's done. It's still, let's not think it about it again. Good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you to Court, Courtney and Wyatt. I apologize if, if it didn't do the, the album justice, uh, but I can promise you we did the best that we could. We did. Um, I remember Phantom Planet was one of the potential um, albums to do as part of this, and it got slaughtered by the other people. Phantom Totally forgotten, but that is an excellent album, their first album. Um, All right, so there it is. You Were Meant For Me is the latest song on the Throwback Podcast playlist. Check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. I mean, Spotify mostly. Let us know. uh, Yeah, let us know if this worked for you guys. Not... Yeah, and it, yeah, if you have a problem with this podcast uh, and you think that maybe we should be risking our lives to be doing it in person, I guess, Bob, there are just three words. No, there really is only three words. And they are? You mean for me. Thank you, maybe. Go fuck yourself. Oh, that's it. Yes, go fuck yourself. All right. My mama, she was out for a walk. Consoled a cup of coffee, but it didn't want to talk. So I picked up the paper. It was more.